to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today we brought on JT Lynch on as our guest today, and he's going to talk to us about insurance. So JT, welcome to the show. And how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. A little tired. We have a month old. So a month old. (laughs) Yes. So, but um, other than that, doing great. Is that your first? No, it's my second. And my first just turned nine. And, you know, I forgot about all this waking up in the middle of the night stuff. So it's hitting us hard, but it's funny. Me and my wife are kind of finding our groove and all right, you do this feeding and then I'll do this one. I've got a meeting tomorrow. So if you can do that, I'll do this, you know, so we're kind of compromising and taking it down that way. So, but we'll get there. We're, there's a lot more technology now than there was before, which is crazy. So they've got these automatic bottle feeder things or bottle makers. So it's really cool to see all that. Yeah, there's a lot of technology, but at the same time, like, because I have two little ones myself. And so sometimes the too much technology kind of gets me nervous too, because I'm like, sure. oh my gosh, there's so many things wrong with the baby. Like, how do you balance it? Oh, yeah. And it's so... tough. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, for my son, somebody got us, I think it's a family member, got us this like rocker and it goes like side to side or then back and forth. And it's so expensive and digital and all that. But my son just loved this little chair that was just like a spring. And, you know, for $20, that was his favorite thing. So you never know what's going to work with them. You never know what advice to take. The best advice is just make it work the way you need to just survive. You know, every every child's different. Every situation is different. So let's find a way to make it work. So, Well, congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) So JT, can you give us a little bit more background into you and where your focus is? Sure, sure. So I started out in personal lines insurance at Liberty Mutual. And that's a great introduction for anyone that wants to get into insurance because you see a whole lot of policies. You really get to know deductibles, claims, and how all that works. For me personally, it just wasn't for me because it's in order to be successful, you have to have a lot of policies within a short period of time. And I'm more of a relationship type of person. So I don't want to say, you know, Eileen, this is great. We're best friends. You know, here's your policy. I won't talk to you until next year. I'd rather have fewer, bigger accounts like a commercial space I'm in now so I can really build that relationship. And um, that's, I noticed that pretty quickly. And I actually met my boss at a uh, networking event and um, just kind of told him what I was looking for. And he said, Hey, I think you'd love commercial insurance. So come and have a beer with me and we'll talk through it. So that's where I am today. And um, been here for about three and a half years now and never looking back. I love the space and our agency has specialized in multifamily insurance for over 35 years. So always loved real estate and I love just this whole family. I love the investors, the networking, and it's taught me a whole bunch too. I'm a passive investor myself and I can't say that I would be if I wasn't in the space. So One thing about insurance, though, I think people know that you need to have insurance, but a lot of times they don't put enough emphasis on the types of insurance that you could get, the types of coverage, and whether or not it's going to be sufficient or certain things depending on the market that you're in, like flood insurance or like other fires, any other types of things like that. So what are some of the ways like 
as you're looking at commercial properties that you kind of hedge against that upfront. I think you also mentioned that even before you have a deal under contract that you guys also provide, you're able to provide some type of quotes so that you can put it into your underwriting before you even get the deal under contract. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody's so used to their personal lines, home and auto. You could go online and put in your information and then 17 companies will give you a quote. You probably get what 10 mailers in the mail when your renewal is coming up. You didn't even know your renewal is coming up, but they know, right? So, for that type of thing, I think it's so easy to find the coverage that you just kind of sort through, yeah, that looks good. And, and you assume that it's the right coverage. But for the commercial space, it's much different. There's much fewer carriers that are willing to write multifamily properties. And that gets even smaller when you go to certain states like Texas or Florida, and especially as you get closer to the coast. Not to mention if there were any claims or anything like that on the property. So you really need to get ahead of that. And like you said, when you're doing your underwriting, you might pencil in $400 a door. Well, it was $400 a door two years ago, but what is it now, right? And everything is so tight that could kill the deal. So what we do, got my email up here, send me an email with the rent roll, the T12 and the OM, and I will send you a free insurance indication to help with your underwriting. What I do is I base that off of like-kind properties we've insured in the area recently. So most likely that's where your premium is going to fall. Most of the time I won't have any claims history and, and you won't either, but if everything's perfect, no claims, this is what we're looking at. And it's going to help you get off to a much better start for sure. How can we differentiate between what is enough coverage and what's like the right kind of coverage for your specific property? Sure, sure. So the good news about that, a lot of people are kind of worried about, I don't want to pay a fortune, but you know, I don't want to, this is my baby. I don't want anything, you know, if, if something happens to it, I want to make sure to be reimbursed properly. The good news is your lender is going to send you a list of requirements and it's going to tell you exactly what is required in the insurance and what you need at the minimum. And usually, you know, the lender thinks of it as, this is my property until you pay it off. So I want it insured like this. And usually those requirements are right where you need them to be. When you're talking about kind of going above and beyond, maybe I need a bigger umbrella, right? Maybe 2 million is enough. Maybe we should look at 5 million. Maybe this deductible is, I could maybe do a higher deductible. I'm going to risk that there won't be a claim this year, right? And so when it comes to those type of things, you really have to discuss with your team, see what your risk tolerance is. And everybody is a little bit different. And I get some clients that say, this is like Las Vegas. Like, you know, I have no idea. Well, a little bit of it, it is. It is. It's a gamble. You took a $25,000 deductible in case there's a fire or something like that, but you could have had a $10,000 deductible, but it was more expensive. So you decided to save on premium, have the 25,000, but you are banking on the fact that you won't have a claim that year and you won't have to pay that at all. So everybody's risk tolerance is different. What we try to do is, first of all, meet your lender requirements and then show you the best option premium-wise and coverage-wise. And if you want to expand on that, then you're welcome to. But we'll first meet those lender requirements and kind of go from there. Is there a specific area within the insurance that operators and sponsors tend to overlook or not put enough emphasis on? Let's see. Yeah, I think we try to get 
as low as we can reasonably on a wind hail deductible. So it definitely depends on which part of the country you're in. Uh, my office is in Dallas, but we're licensed nationwide. So I'm looking at properties all over the nation. But in Texas, a 2% wind and hail or higher deductible is very common, right? I'll see maybe you have another quote, a competing quote, and you'll show it to me. And hey, JT, why is this so different? I'll take a look at it. And a lot of times I'll see, well, wait a second, your wind hail deductible is 5% as opposed to minus 2%. When you're looking at, you know, well, that's just 3% different. That's not that big a deal. Well, it is because the 2% wind and hail deductible could be $100,000 and then the 5% could be $500,000. And so when you're talking about that big of an amount, it might cost $400,000 to replace your roof after a hailstorm. So now you're kind of self-insuring so why save $5,000 in premium just to self-insure the roof? So I think that deductibles are something that really a lot of people need to watch out for. And then some of these policies have some exclusions that you might not notice. Very common ones are assault and battery exclusions, gun exclusions or firearm exclusions, and animal exclusions. And what those basically mean are, and we're talking animal, even as a stray dog that walks on your property. If someone were to get in an accident and the property was held liable for that accident, then the insurance carriers, they're not going to support your claim, right? So some of the things are a little far-fetched, like what? Well, how would I be ever held liable? Well, if there was a vicious dog on the property that had been known to kind of terrorize tenants, and you knew about it for a year, and there were multiple incidents, and you failed to do anything, and then it attacks a little kid, you could be held liable then, right? So we try to make sure that claim or um, in exclusions like that are not on the policy. Sometimes in high crime areas, hey, this assault and battery exclusion, it has to be on here. But that's what your risk is. And let's do some things around the property to minimize that. Or maybe it's not completely excluded, but there's a sublimit, meaning it doesn't meet the full million dollars worth of um, coverage that you have, but maybe you have $250,000 worth of coverage. So it's a little less. So those are things that, man, these policies are 16 pages long of legal jargon, right? You're probably not going to see some of that or know to look for it, but we do. So I always encourage everyone, if you have a better quote or a quote that looks competitive, let me see it. We'll talk through it together. If it's better, I'll be the first one to tell you, go with that. My whole job is to make sure that you've got the best options. Sure, I wanna insure every property that comes across my desk, but at the end, for me, I think that being honest and open is the best way. It'll show you that, hey, I'm gonna come back to JT. He's gonna shoot me straight. And if I find something better, he'll let me know too. And I've found that I've gotten more business just being open and honest that way than trying to slip something by you. So there's a lot of things to look out for, but yeah, I think those are the biggest. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. 
So once we work with a company like yours and get sufficient coverage on the property, after we've closed, insurance is completed, do we just stand by and wait until something happens? Or best practices, are we supposed to touch base at certain time periods? Because I think most people just kind of wait until something happens in an event and then they reach out to the insurance companies. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Is You've got insurance in place and now it's there to protect you, right? So unfortunately, with these properties, with so many people coming and going on them, yeah, accidents are going to happen. Slips and falls are going to happen. Small kitchen fires, they're going to happen. The carrier usually sets up a time a month or two after closing to come out and inspect the property. Most owners hate it. They don't want anybody poking and prodding you know, out there. And a lot of times after they do their inspection, they're going to come out with suggestions for you to fix. Some of them are small, like, hey, we noticed this railing was a little loose. We noticed that tenant and 3B had a grill on their patio. They shouldn't have a grill on their patio, right? And some of those things, you know, yes, we need to fix that. Um, and some are a little bigger, like you've got to, the playground equipment has sharp metal on it, you know, things like that, that you need to fix this right away, right? The good news is they'll tell you what those are and they'll give you a timeline to fix it. Some things are pretty big that, hey, if you don't fix it within this allotted time, we're going to issue a cancellation notice. But most of it is just, hey, needs to be fixed. And don't be upset by it. This is for you. This is to protect you so that there's not a claim later on, right? And a lot of the list, it's, I know this, we're, we've got a plan to do it anyways. It'll be done next week. So a lot of it's not that big a deal. But to your point, what can we do to mitigate some of those risks? So off of that list, you're going to help. But if you know that the area is maybe high in crime, well, maybe improve the lighting out there. Maybe improve the fencing or add a, a security gate different things like that to help make your tenants feel a little safer. You can't do much about the things outside of your property, but certainly inside you can. And as you know, the more and more you do that, the more the um, community improves as well. And so you're doing your little part to help there. A big thing, and I'll put a plug for them, it's something crazy like 86% of the uh, property claims are small kitchen fires. They're frying something up on the stove and it catches fire, right? There's a something called a stovetop fire stop that sticks to the stovetop. It's just a magnet. And if it ever has a flame toward it, it'll extinguish whatever's underneath it. Mm-hmm. I think they're like $15. I think you can buy them on Amazon. You don't have to be a certified contractor to get that done. I mean, anybody can just stick them up there with a magnet and it'll save you a ton of money. So that's one thing that I'd recommend to every owner to have, even your home to make sure to prevent some of these accidents. Oh, yeah. And just for safety purposes, that's pretty interesting. I didn't even know they had something like that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't. And like I said, it's so inexpensive that why wouldn't, you know? So one of the things like with all these issues that are happening within the property that the insurance is supposed to cover, once something does happen within that is covered under your insurance, the difficult part of it is the claims process of it and actually accessing the money that you've paid for your coverage. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there anything to do that we could expedite it or to help with the process so that the turnaround time is much more quicker working with the insurance companies? Yes. What I would say is you've got to make sure that you've got a good system in place. When something happens, you make sure, obviously, if it's a serious enough problem, Make sure that the authorities are called and out there and you go through those right steps. But you also need to document everything that happened, 
kind of a timeline, what he said, you know, who called the fire department or whatever it is, and really document everything as best as possible. And you're doing this to make the claims adjust, make their job a lot easier, right? And one thing I'd say before even making a claim, we're brokers and we broker out to find the best possible option for you. So we're not an insurance carrier. We go to carriers to find the best option. We also manage your account for you as well. So if you do have an issue or say, you know, I don't know, say it is a small kitchen fire and you're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, we call the authorities and this and that it's taken care of. Now what? Well, don't call the carrier right away. Call me, let me know what happened. And then we'll discuss the best fit. Yes, that fire may cause a lot of craziness at your property. You know, it may look bad, but I'll tell you, your deductible is maybe $25,000. How much damage do you really think there is there? Uh, It might be 15,000. Okay, well, then it doesn't make sense to make a claim, right? And so before we even get into that, let's talk through your policy. Let's talk through the deductibles and let's see if it is even worth making a claim. And I think a lot of people, they have a scenario and they just automatically call the carrier and, and put in a claim. But, but then they say, well, your deductible is this. And they, well, never mind. I don't want to do that. Well, you've already tipped off the carrier that something happened out there, right? So let's talk about it first and then we'll go from there. And then my job, if we do need to make a claim, is to make sure that you get in contact with the adjuster, make sure that the conversation back and forth is going smoothly and that timelines are being met, that you're available when they're out there, or at least the property manager is, and just making sure that process goes smoothly. And again, the more documentation and more organized you are, that's going to help tremendously. What kind of criteria do you typically look for when choosing different types of carriers to work together with? That's a great question. We want a carrier that is going to be responsive to our clients and make the claims situation easier. Most of the big ones that we work with, they're all really good. The whole situation is not ideal. It could be better, sure. But there's a lot of times we're dealing with third-party claims adjusters too. So sometimes there can be a communication breakdown there. But you know, if there's an issue with somebody coming out there, we'll definitely say, well, no, we're going back to the carrier. This doesn't sound right. Let's get somebody else back out there. But when finding a carrier, we really need to figure out about the property, you know, which maybe this property has aluminum wiring, right? So now we need to find a carrier that's willing to write insurance with that because some won't even take a look at it. So it really depends on the situation, location of the property, the age, maybe claims or wiring and things like that of where we're going to go to find coverage for you. And also we know that some carriers maybe in an area, high crime area, general liability carriers, they're always going to have an assault and battery exclusion. Well, I'll save them as a backup, right? I'll use them if we can't find anybody else, but let's go somewhere else that doesn't have that exclusion. So we've always got those things in the back of our mind to make sure that we're shopping the right places to find you the best possible options. Awesome. And so you mentioned that you guys are across the United States. Mm-hmm. Are there certain areas that you don't insure? I haven't insured a property in Alaska or Hawaii, but if you have one, I'm sure that we can make it work. I really don't see too much California, not to say that we can't do it. I just haven't seen too much of it. I have never seen an area where it's just like, I have no idea what to do. It would be more of, hey, this is in South Florida. It's got these claims and this is all we got. We we found you something, but this is it. Usually when there's 
a scenario where we can't find anything, it's because we don't have enough information about the property. And this happens on occasion where it's really hard to get information from the owner. Maybe they're not getting us claims history. Maybe their claims history doesn't really make sense. So they had this carrier up until 2020. Then there was a gap in 21. And then they had coverage up until May this year. And then now it looks like you don't have coverage. So what's going on with this? And then we never get an answer. And then there was a fire a month ago. Well, you told us there's a fire. You told us that the claim was worth $100,000. We need that documented from the carrier because what if it's not? So most of the time when, hey, we can't get a policy or they won't release their quote at all until we have this information. Usually there's something fishy going on in the background, like the owner isn't insured or something like that. That's the only time I can think of that we weren't able to find a policy for you. Got it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all that, JT. Yeah. So is there anything else from the insurance side that as we're shopping for insurance, we're looking for people to work with? Is there anything that we should also be focusing on that we didn't kind of talk about yet? You know, I know on your previous podcast, you've talked about networking and building your team, CPAs, lenders, different syndication partners and things like that. I would say get a trusted insurance broker on your team as well from the start. Find somebody that you know is been in the industry for a while that has access to these carriers that write multifamily, that has a great relationship with them. There's a lot of insurance brokers out there, but they may not specialize in multifamily. And if it's really not your space, you're really going to have a limited market and may not find the best fit for you. So find you a specialist, have them on your team, and just bring them through the whole process. Like I said, even when you're submitting an LOI and from there, and that's really going to help you out in the long run. In our industry, it's really unique because if you have two brokers going and shopping for you, if I go to carrier A first and the other broker then tries to go to carrier A, they'll be blocked and they won't be able to get a quote from them. So you can see how that can kind of muddy the waters and, well, I've got quotes from this people and these people, but I was blocked over here and it's the same story for both of us. Well, the right answer might be carrier A for property, carrier B and C for general liability and umbrella but none of us have access to both of them. So that really didn't do you you know, justice. The answer is to have all three of those carriers onto your policy. And that's the best premium bet and best coverage, but you just blocked both of us from doing that. So I would say get one broker, have them shop for you. If you do want to have somebody else take a look at it, give your first broker a couple weeks to go out to all the markets that they can think of. And then introduce somebody else and let them know, hey, my broker already went to A, B, and C. Do you have anything else? And sometimes there is. Sometimes I'll say, yeah, they didn't have access to this. Let me get you a quote here. So it's unique to our industry. Most people, you know, when they're shopping for a TV, they want to go here, 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 Mm -hmm. and it just makes sense to them. But in this, just get your trusted broker and let them do the shopping for you. Oh, yeah. That's a really great tip. Yeah, because a lot of times people will want to reach out to multiple different people to make sure they're getting the best yeah. quote they can. But if the people that you're working for aren't able to do their jobs correctly because they're blocked, it makes it right. a lot more difficult. Yeah, yeah. It really muddies the water and it can take a lot more time too, right? That's great that you've got this other bro. You know, we compete with him. I know him. That's great. But now we both can't do our best work and that doesn't help doesn't help you at all so yeah real unique to our industry and a lot of people don't realize that but uh yeah that's 
something that you definitely want to um, know before going into anything. Awesome. So JT, if our listeners also want to reach out and find out more about you and what you're doing, where's the best place that they can go? Yeah, the best place to go, get with me on LinkedIn. I'm trying to move here. Um, <laughs> and also uh, my emails here at the top, JT Lynch at RamyKing.com. Uh, like I said, any property that you're looking to submit an LOI on, uh, let me just rent roll T12 in the OM and I'll send you a free insurance estimate. Don't send me every property you see driving down the highway, but you know if it pencils out and you're going to submit an LOI, then yeah, shoot it over to me. I'll help with your underwriting and get you off to the best start. Awesome. Thank you so much, JT. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate. We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.